Hi, guys. Welcome to this episode of The Trainer Feed. We are your hosts. I am Angel Sanchez. We have Jacques Delager. How's it going, everybody? And David Bravo is out for today. He is uh, about to be on relax mode, right? On chill. I think so. Him. He walks yeah. hard. It's good. Yeah, you need a little break. Everybody needs a little break. I think that's important. Maybe we could start off with talking about breaks. Yeah. You have any scheduled breaks from, from here in the future? Uh, I haven't scheduled anything, but I like to dive a little bit deeper into having my weekends off. I know that a couple of clients of mine are going away for the weekend or not going away for the weekend, but for a couple of weeks, I'm doing some taking advantage of working from home and just traveling. And it's going to help me out because I'll be able to just have my weekends back. So I've been working six days a week, which is fine. People work more, so it's nothing crazy, but I just like to be able to turn off um, everything and just not have to worry like Friday night that I got to get up and meet somebody like get up and do something. In fact, like I really feel like for me personally, I don't know if it's personal training or if it's um, like the style of work where you have these appointments. When I don't have appointments, I feel more relaxed. When I do have appointments, I'm always thinking about, I got to do this, to do this, to do this, to do this. Cause I know it's a domino effect. It's not just like one event. It's like, you have to do things before that in order to get stuff done. So um, time is I money chill, as well. Yeah. When I chill, I'm just like, phone could go over here. I don't care. I'm just out and about my wallet can go over here while it stays in California. I say over here, <laughs> it's a little inside joke. Um, you, yeah. What about you? Do you have any scheduled breaks coming up? So we, we've actually booked Puerto Rico for my birthday. I'm turning 30 in August and we wanted to go to California, but we thought we'd be better off going off um, later in the summer. It turns out they re-established the mask mandate in California or at least in Los Angeles. So now we were planning on going at the end of September and now I don't know how that's going to look. I also have a friend's wedding scheduled for the end of September, but I don't know I, I, this is just nature of things, but like I have, um, I have to re I'm having issues with my, both my British and American passport. So that, that's one thing in its entirety, but then I don't know if, um, if I go to Europe and there's gotta be a six day quarantine, which cause I had a client who went over and that's what it was. It kind of seems a little silly to go over for six days. I don't want to sound insensitive, but that's, that's something that's kind of like, we're going to wait and see how it goes. But I'm looking forward to Puerto Rico. Haven't been there ever. Uh, I think we're going to San Juan. And uh, there's something I'm really excited to do is uh, at night, a uh, uh, kayak um, ride, I guess you would call it. And where the water is all lit, so you can see everything in the water. Uh, I think, maybe I'm making that up. But it's, it's a kayaking at night, and it looks really cool. So I'm excited for that. But peeking yeah, back so, on what you're seeing. Bioluminescent about, water. Is that but what it is? Yeah, but you have to, it's not in San Juan though. So it's kind of like on the opposite Outside. side of the island. So gotcha. if you're going to go there, you just have to have like three to four hours to oh. travel there and then travel back. Oh, it's so like an hour there, an hour back kind of thing. Yeah. Like you just want to be mindful of the timing because then they also have like select boats that go. So if you mm. are going to do that, you got to book that ahead of time. And then also just make sure you have that driving to and from because that yeah. is a, that's a tricky drive because not all the lights after the hurricane 
not all the lights in the streets are actually working. They have like those oh. military like red lights, those little yeah. red like lights to light up the street to make sure people don't crash into buildings or whatever, but it's not actual street lights. So uh, I would suggest okay. just do the research on yeah, yeah, doing the research is booking the the thing, trying to see how far it is to and from where you're staying at. And then also just making sure that I wouldn't want to drive there. So I would suggest like getting a driver. <laughs> we don't drive it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just Good a little know. bit, That's... it's not well lit. And you have to do it at night because you want to see the bio. Yeah. I didn't think about how far it could be. That's yeah. good to know. So maybe we won't do that. But just looking forward to actually funny because the client, I told him that we we're going to be out there. And he's like, why do you want to be out there in August? It's going to be so hot. And for the listeners in the UK that could probably testify to this, that having grown up in the UK for your childhood, where the weather is so mild, when you can get very warm weather or very tropical. I think it's a little bit different as well when you mentioned going to clients or when something's possibly going to have a domino effect on the rest of your day. It's mm. all different if you're on vacation in a warm climate, I think, right? Compared to I have to go from A to B to C to E to, to D. <laughs> but the point being, if you have to go from one client to another and you're going all over the city or up the west side, whatever it is, and it, it's an, it, like they're not, it's not going to be a, a deal breaker if you come up to the session sweating. They know that you're a hard worker and you're, you're coming to be smart. But that's something that kind of, I wouldn't say stresses me out, but I'd rather do without turning up like, sweating and that's why if possible when it's an indoor facility i like to be able to get there five ten minutes before just to be able to acclimatize my body temperature to the room and then as soon as you leave that facility you're like <laughs> at least in yeah. new york city the past couple of days has been a little little hot but i can't complain it's it's, it's this is again i've never really had this as a kid so yeah it's hot but, over there but it's different heat um so you should be fine like it's not going to be like the same sort of heat, especially because it's such a small island and it's mm. surrounded by water. Like it'll the be breeze. Fine. Yeah, it'll be chilling. It'll be good. But it does get hot. So if I don't Just know if Alex eye. is sensitive to the heat, um, but probably not. She'll be fine. You'll be She'll fine. She'll be fine. Alfie's going with you? No, Alfie's going to stay with um with her mom. And uh, it's funny because her, her Frenchie and our Frenchie were together last part of last last weekend and those two were just at it for like three four hours just playing but like non-stop and it's it's, it's actually like made me think of having kids about how exhausting or few if they're just constantly like fighting or at each other i'm like oh my god it's gonna be even harder with kids but just a little foresight to the future like what might i start thinking but uh so alfie will not be coming with us but um even right now for example when you walk in it's like you get to the end of the block you don't do any further because it's just the anyone who has a dog as well that's walking their dog in the heat something that's good to remember is um to test the heat uh the like the how hot the pavement is or whatever the material of the concrete is putting the back of your palm on the ground now if it's too hot for you to put your hand on the ground it's too hot for their paw it's like a general rule of thumb sometimes you see i see people walking the dogs for a long I'm like yeah they're panting but like just just be mindful, you know, <laughs> if anyone listening out there and they're walking their dog, but does their um, paw like have like special like calluses to like displace heat or something like that? Like I know it's callous to like prevent like uh like materials from going in or breaking through. Like it's definitely harder than our skin, right? Like if you like with glass, I always get a bit cautious of glass around there if you walk some glass, but the te- the the likelihood I'm gonna try this, but like if we put glass in your hand, it would piece of skin with them, it's a little thicker. 
but because um, I know I'm their bodies sure are different, they like eat. they don't sweat, they so they pan. pant. Yeah, but I wonder yeah. about their paws. Like, if there's a material, I mean, there has to be something built in because it's you know it's nature. They've been walking around on their paws for centuries. Well, I know it's not, and this is a little jumping ahead of the topic, but I was listening to um, a podcast when they talk about when we're sleeping, how we typically release the majority of the heat through our palms, our feet, and the and the top of our forehead, like our forehead. So I imagine that's similar for dogs. And that's what there's, I mean, I don't know, any vets probably going to shred me for it, but I think there's possibly something to do with that as well. It's possible. I thought we also displace heat through our ears too. Like, I, I don't know about when we sleep, but I know like when we're outside walking around, like the heat possibly covering the ears is a big deal. Anybody who's been in like cold weather knows like you need something <laughs> around your ears. If not, you're done. Actually, my brother, ears, so I gotta look out for that. My my brother always told me this is really interesting. Whenever you were hot, and uh, say you want to wash your face with water, cold water, right? He, I can't, I never followed this, but I did this, and I felt it was effective. He always said running your wrist under the cold water helped with lowering the body temperature pretty fast, just because mm. of, I guess, the veins right there. But I never did the research for anyone who's veins. happy to call me out, shout me out. I'm happy to happy to discuss that further but yeah, um, about that. i'm yeah. not i'm not co it just because i don't know yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna say everybody just dip your wrists in water because we all know you just want to take that water and just throw it over your head like that. yeah <laughs> um but anyway let's talk about podcasts because you were speaking about podcasts so what podcast were you listening to that they told you this thing about sleep so it was uh dr andrew hoopman uh, is on the joe rogan podcast and when we had Chloe LeVray a few weeks ago, she spoke about listening to his podcast. And I started listening to it a little bit. The only thing about his podcast, and this is not even a criticism, this is more just my poor attention to detail, is if you don't pay full attention for a second, you miss a huge part of an explanation. So he talks yeah. a lot about, I don't know, like with Joe Rogan, for example, in this episode, he talks about, uh, he talks a lot about how, I'm going to butcher this too, but he was pretty much one of the things he's discussed was how melatonin works, right? Or how it's regulated mm. and how in a, a bottle of melatonin capsule, say that each capsule is a serving of, I don't know, five milligrams, 10 milligrams. He said, it, actually each one is not five or 10 milligrams. Let's say it's 10 milligrams. Of pregnancy. It could be anywhere between five and 85% of that or 15, 85% of that. So it's, it's, it's no wonder that if you take a melatonin capsule one night, sleep very good, the next night you don't sleep well at all. It could be there's different servings of melatonin in that capsule. But he just spoke about that as an example. That's the kind of stuff he was talking about. Again, I can't really do it justice by going into any more detail, but he he's very fascinating. He's a professor at Stanford, I want to say. Uh, but he Joe, I, I just find Joe Rogan, even though it's not everyone's cup of tea, very fascinating to listen to. And he had that one of Corte Tarantino on a few weeks ago, which is a very good listen as well for anyone who's interested. And then um, I typically have my hockey podcast right now, even though the season's over, stuff's going on in the, in the, in the off season. So I listen to that. And then there was another one um, I listened to. Uh, there's like three hockey podcasts <laughs> I listen on a frequent basis. And the other one was uh, Impact Theory with Tom, mm. I'm going to butcher his name, Tom Bilyeu. So he's all, he's a lot about motivational uh, speaking, 
or just general positive thinking. And he discusses a lot of really interesting ones. And one of his interesting episodes where his wife and him do a joint one. She has her one, right? And it's very funny because they discuss how they're complete polar opposites. And for so long, not so long, but for, I think they've been together like 15 years something like that. But in the beginning, they thought that they would just never, it was very, very unlikely they would work out. But they just, they break down if you are with someone who's polar opposite to you, to your partner at least, like things that can make it work or just conversations that need to be had. Finances, and that's something they discuss is that he was very bad about, he had debt or something where she was very well off or whatever it is. But so those are the ones I've been listening to and uh, those were interesting. But what about yourself, Angel? Damn, so he was getting with her for the credit. So maybe he, well, he in his defense, he said, oh, well, school's a lot more expensive in the US. So he's American, she's British. Um, and in the, in the UK, when I was, when I was at school, I mean, the most out of pocket you would pay if you're including tuition and accommodation is, um, for those two alone, then you have other fees along the way, but pretty much 6,000 pounds, which equates to eight, no, more like between eight and $10,000 a year. But so if you're saying for a four year degree, it was like $40,000. I mean, that's, that's really not that bad. That's um, so, so that's what he was saying. Like, well, some schools here in the States, if it's that much a year versus how much you do for a three or four year degree, then that's uh that's a comparison. So that was his defense that he'd spent so much money on, on being at school. So that's crazy, man. Yeah. It's that's why you got to go CUNY. I don't know why more people just didn't Don't go CUNY. CUNY. I know a lot yeah. of friends who are still, they're going to be paying off their student loans for the next probably like 20 years. If this, episode on youtube is still flowing around in 20 years they'll probably be like i almost did it <laughs> just like crow. 20, years, later. 20 and, years and going out of state costs a lot more as well right yeah yeah so they're like very crazy i mean it's easy to rack up like at least six figures you know in two crazy. years and no guarantee either that's the other thing yeah. when you come out of school there's no guarantee and yeah. that's, that's yeah that's scary but I was fortunate. I went to CUNY, did that thing. And Lehman, right? I, Lehman College? Yeah. yeah. I worked as I was in school, so it helped me just pay it off really quickly. Um, what was your part-time job, actually? I, never, I don't know if you ever told me. Oh, maybe I do know, but let's tell it yeah. to our listeners. Oh, man. Uh, I worked at a warehouse. So long story short, I just worked at a warehouse. Um, I was a forklift driver, um, among yeah. other things. And, you know, I was very fortunate in the sense that I was able to do overtime, do like weekends, have the summers there um, and have like a more flexible schedule. Obviously a couple of things helped, you know, just helped me uh, have that position. So it was really good. And um, yeah, I did that through college. And then like two years, I think it was like a year after I graduated, is when I finished off paying off my student loans. It wasn't oh, that much. I was so, just that's trying so to good. figure it out. And then I landed the PT job, and then I started working at Equinox. So then I was doing two jobs there, and then that helped just like put the nail in the coffin. Um, but that was good. And then just started saving from there. But savings a big, yeah, savings a big thing. But yeah, I, I remember you putting for. I mean, I remember, I remember I discovered you you were forklifting. I was like, what, Angel? Really? Yeah, man, forklift driver. It was a crazy. It was a crazy time. Now I look back at it, like some of the things were just like, wow. Like some things were great. Some things were just like, 
<laughs> I wonder also how great. more people. Yeah, I also agree. I'll just put it like that. Also, <laughs> um, but it was cool. It was a very cool time. Good time, and I got a lot of experience. So much experience with like working with people and all that. Obviously, any job that anybody does, you'll take something from it. But um, really, learn work ethic. Having to be up at like four in the morning, five in the morning, just to go to work, like that stuff is not it's tough. And especially at an early age, started mm-hmm. in high school, did it through college. But anyway um podcast that i'm listening to i'm not really listening to that many I, if i'm gonna be honest i did check out the huberman lab uh after chloe spoke about it and i kind of met the same thing that you the same point that you were talking about where it's dense and he'll go into detail and if you're not prepared with like either just like focused on listening to it or like pen and paper it becomes very difficult for me to be able to walk away with it with some sort of, I don't know, with, with like anything. Right. So I'm trying to I'm trying my best. I know I was watching some or listening to one of his episodes about eyesight and focus or perception and visual prowess, something like that. So it's like you do something with your hands at the peripheries and you slowly start to have them come forward and then once you observe both fingers from the side, then the, it'll help you with either focusing on a given task or help you widen your, uh, I forget, widen your peripheral vision that will help enhance visual, et cetera, et cetera, for athletic performance or for focus on some other stuff. Um, I think he made mention to Z Health. I think Z Health works with that, if I'm not mistaken. But again, I was doing dishes walking around you lose a second and it's trying to take show notes while you're walking the streets of harlem it's dense so i agree and um because some of the other ones i listen to that it might be just the fact that the topics are just so simple and it is sport but the other ones when they talk about they talk about a player or they talk about a contract whatever it is it's so it's so easy to do something and hear a simple information like that. But as soon as he started, when he was talking about eyesight and another one I listened to, he was pretty much saying that if you, oh man, I'm gonna, I can't be, he was pretty much saying that if you do something on a daily basis that walks your eyes a certain way, I think it was looking, he said that people, oh man, I don't remember what it was, but something along the lines of people that were out in nature more as opposed to living in a city had better ice, had better short sight or long sight because they were used to seeing more uh, scenery or just things in general further away. So it's almost as if they yeah. train their eye to be better adapted to deal with uh, seeing objects in further away. He talks, that's not the specific of what he said, but it was along those lines. Yeah. And he, again, he goes into detail about, oh, because this and because that and um it makes sense and, and some of the science it makes sense but I, i'm to the point where i'll i'll hear it, i listen i understand it but if you ask me to explain it i don't <laughs> yeah like I, 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 I can like the yeah. melatonin i, I got what, it and he's you know and he no i was go just gonna say like that's how i feel like part of the podcast is breaking it down to the point where your listeners can understand but if mm. only your listeners are going to understand on a you know like a professorial level or somebody who is you know a doctor will understand it it's kind of like you're just speaking to a small group mm. um which is fine but 
you know, and sometimes you just gain stuff from being in rooms around people, right? Like being around mm-hmm. researchers, you start to think like a researcher, you start to learn a little bit about stuff. Um, but sometimes it's just like, shit, I'm, I know I'm in the wrong room. So let me just well, get out of it. So I listen to, go on. I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt. Go on. No, I was just going to say, I listened to a couple of his episodes, but you know, that's nothing crazy. And I listened to, I stopped listening to Joe Rogan as much. Mm. Um, there were a couple of things where I was just like, damn it man like he's just butchering some exercise science you know just like saying some nonsense about like <laughs> how kettlebells will do this down the third and i'm just like no nah, man that's not how it works yeah and then he, but he's telling people and then people believe it and i'm just like and he's all big following you have, yeah you know and they're just learning they're, they're saying that and they're just like learning it and they're just like oh yeah that's what it has to be it's like no it's not what it is but there's there's a really uh so one of the podcasts I listen to, they have a page just dedicated for memes. Yeah. And they do some really good ones. Anyway, they took a clip from Joe Rogan's and it wasn't his, it wasn't him, but it was his guest that says, do you know there are this many thousands of kids that get adopted every year? He's like, he's like, really? So like, how'd you know that? He's like, I don't know. What do you see? There's like, I don't know. Go on the internet. Yeah, yeah, so he yeah. like, Frank, did you see that? <laughs> no, he like, I didn't. Frank, but... he, I'll send it to the, to the team. We'll share on our page. But like, he, he brings up a fact and then he says, I don't know, I heard it. He's like, where'd you see it? And he's like, I don't know, check, like, Google it. So, like, he breaks up a fact, can't follow through, like, can't back it up. And then he says, I don't know, just Google it. Like, yeah. that was the funniest thing. I got to find which guest that but was because they put a face does, over him. But. Yeah, that and then, um, I mean, I love, I still love Joe Rogan. Like, he's a cool comedian. I'm going to see him in October. In Madison I forget Bar. he's got, that's the thing. He's, he's done so much, right? Yeah, he's very like, accomplished. Like a jack of, of, which is all trades, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, but there was another thing where I was watching one of his clips and they have it on YouTube and I read the comment section and, you know, reading the comments, I was like, thank God our comments are just so like either non-existent you. or there's just like one person like trying to sell an ad for like some herpes yeah, for it's always ads, yeah. Uh, he said, he was talking about, he was talking to a fighter and the fighter you know, was talking about how he had a very hard upbringing and he was working in like these mines and that helped him like move and, you know, do stuff. And he was trying to feed his family and it was hard for him to get an education, but then he went out there and did what he had to do. And then Joe Rogan kind of like extracted what he said is like, so working in the mines, you must've gotten really strong to do these leg kicks, right? Like he tried to like tie in like the physical effort that child, (laughs) that child abuse like working in the mine would build so like your endurance and your grit which sure maybe it will but yeah, I mean, to you know my man's just trying did. to tell his story from his hey. perspective like in his country it's just i don't know being pimped oh out by God. these coal mining and diamond mining and all that other stuff i forget what it was hey. exactly but he has yeah i just, forget he's a jack crazy. of all trades but the one with dave Chappelle was pretty funny right and they yeah, made dave the Chappelle reference to albert einstein He's like, can you imagine Einstein when he's got, he must be like the most popular guy for women. <laughs> like, oh they were just like, you can't, because when you talk about Einstein, you just think of the accomplishments. You think about how smart he was, how I think he had a, um, a learning disability, right? And they themed him not academic or not smart. And then he, he wanted to do all the good stuff, but she don't think of <laughs> anything else but that usually, yeah. usually. So there's a funny comment that, but. Yeah, I think podcasts as well. The other thing, touching on it, 
uh, you mentioned dishes. I like to do them with dishes as well because dishes, I remember Missy mentioned if the dishes are, are dirty, you're going to think about them, right? Like they're not done. And once they're done, they're done. And talk about use an analogy for doing notes. And I've done a bit more of that with journaling, right? Just like just put it on paper and whatever, sleep better, whatever. But when it comes to doing dishes as well, sometimes if you've got like a whole day's worth and whether I've got like Tupperware, it's me and Alex as whatever, and then Alfie's Tupperware, whatever. But putting a podcast and I'm just, I can be there 20 minutes, chill. Chill as a bean, like listen to the podcast, listen to whatever. And then um, I like the fact that I can just put my headphones in while she's watching something and just not even worry about, you know, like, oh, just watch your thing, do your thing. Uh, and, and what I'm getting as well is with screen time because yeah. screen time is something we spoke about had increased obviously since the pandemic and like doing Zoom calls or whatever. But if you're able to take away your screen time, yes, you can argue that it's phone time still, unless you do it from your iPad, computer, whatever, but to be able to listen to something and take your eyes away from the screen, I think you're huge. But I, when people ask me about, or when people tell me, oh, I'm just not into podcasting, I think it's like anything. You just have to find the one that you want to listen to. Yeah. I never did listen to podcasts until uh, probably the winter of 2019. Like I yeah. started to get into one of them and I was like, oh, it's two and a half hours long. Like one episode was like, Shoot. yeah, you just break that up because break it up. Exactly. It's fine because at the end of the day, you don't have to like listen to it all throughout. You just break it up and just like have small bites. And, you know, it helped yeah. me at least because, you know, bouncing back and forth between training sessions. Um, it just helped me feel like I was still in a room with people just talking and chilling. Mm. Um, another podcast that I listened to is Joey, D Joey Diaz has a, has a podcast. I just forgot what it actually was called, but I like that one also because that, it's very dirty. So if anybody who's going to check that out, like, just know that be warned, so, be warned. It's dirty. You think dirty is this is even worse. But he's a comedian, um, and I saw him live, and he's a really good comedian. Made me laugh, dying a couple of jokes that he had. Really, uh, he reminds me of some of my childhood friends and uh -huh. some of their parents. So it's kind of funny to hear the things that he says because it just reminds me of that. And that's okay. one of the reasons, not because I'm like getting anything from like the guests that they have on or anything. It's just like I like to feel like I'm in a room, especially now I'm doing some more virtuals. I'm just in a room with people just hearing that I just feel more cool, calm, collected. And then I'm able to do all these other tasks and, you know, get a laugh while I'm doing that too. And going back to feeling a room of people, I'll admit that the early stages of the pandemic, which were yes, more than a year ago, having had, having some form of routine based element prior to COVID, whether it was working out, whether it was commuting, whatever, I had that one podcast I listened to every week and yes, it was about sports. So they struggled to find stuff to talk about at one point because it, because there was no sport for three, four months, but they, during the whole pandemic period, they would talk about other stuff like Tiger King. Right. So, but they, and they just like cracked me up and whatever. So having that really helped me mentally, like just see it through and, and similar to what you're talking about, having other people in the room, hearing that they're also complaining about that they're not happy that they're kind of tired of it. Like it mentally can be reassuring for that aspect that you're not the only one going through this, or you're not the only one thinking this way. And you're like, you know, it's okay to get a little pissed or a little bit annoyed about the situation and you're going to see through, but you make light of it. Right. Like at the same time you have, I think um, when I listen to some of the other podcasts and some of their other guests said yeah i mean before i would have to have traveled to do an interview now i just jump on my laptop from my home and i can see my kids or whoever it is right and that like that that, that wins for everyone and i know in one of the previous episodes we spoke about us as trainers 
you know, where our clients aren't in town, but we still can stay busy. I love that. Yesterday was one of the first days in a while where I didn't have a single virtual thing. Everything was in person, but that's very rare right now. Yeah. But it's usually a bit of both every day, but yeah, I hear you. And I, I love the virtuals as well. I'm happy that I've been able to adapt, very fortunate to be able to adapt. Um, and then if I had a stumbling block, I was able to overcome it. I was talking to a client the other day about it because he's doing work from home. And he was telling me like, I asked him, did you get a new chair? Because I was looking into like chairs and shit. I was just like, I need to up my game. And I have up my game. I got a monitor now. You know, I got the laptop stand. Um, but this chair is whack. This chair is like at least 20 years old. Um, it, yeah, at least 20 years old. It doesn't move. I mean, it moves like the wheels turn, but like it doesn't move up, down, forward, back. Like it's just oh, right. it's, it's what it is. Um, but anyway, I asked him and he was telling me, oh yeah, I got a new chair. I got this. And I said, did you get that as a product of working from home or did you have that before? He's like, oh no, I bought everything. I bought everything because my home was not made for that. I was just doing everything in the office. And I started thinking about the stuff that I had to get as well. And um, those stumbling blocks, like you meet them and some people just work with it and that's fine. But at the same time, I found myself like my neck was hurting, my back was hurting, you know, I kept dropping calls. So I had to like figure stuff out in order to make that better. And I know my body is one thing that I just won't compromise with anymore because we're, we're getting older. You're about to turn 30, right? Even though we're yeah. still young and we have a lot more life to live, it's going to be a lot. It's not going to be as good as you think it will be unless you listen to your body. Right. So well, if your back is aching today, you're not just going to, and, and then tomorrow, and then it's the not day gonna disappear. After, it's not going to disappear, but some people just say, you know what? I'm just going to pack it away. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, let me, just like, let me put don't some, worry about it. Let me put, let me put some, I don't know, some, something to relieve the pain or. Yeah. I, or I don't, yeah. Yeah. No, go on. No, then, I see some people. Yeah. I see some people and it's, you know, everybody makes their decisions for whatever reason. Right. I yeah. just choose to value when my body speaks to me. Um, and put that first for right now. Obviously, things can change. But I you don't make have a good, that many responsibilities. So, but the point of listening to your body, where that's something I've always approached with clients when they have a sensitivity for more than a week. That window, that week window, how's it feel? Same or worse? Well, gotta see someone about it. Like you yeah. gotta see someone. It's not worth. Yeah. Because it's like a lot of things in life. The longer you leave it. I don't know if it's a bad analogy. Like some things in life, the longer you leave it, the worse it gets. Like yeah. and the sooner you can, uh, not necessarily diagnose it, but it's uh, putting your attention to it. You yeah, know, yeah, and you can. This everything is attention based, mm -hmm. and that's how people draw value, and that's why everything is so expensive. And like you can make money from anything. It's like they just want your attention, right? And listening to your body, as soon as you put attention to it and you draw attention to it, and then you do whatever you need to do, like you said, either get, you know, refer to somebody or have a manual therapist or physical therapist work on you, then it'll start to resolve itself. But until you pay attention to it, nothing's going to happen. But paying attention to it. And then also, as you said, if something doesn't feel good, just rest it. And I think there can be a fine line between something feeling a little bit achy and something feeling injured or, or you being injured. But you're talking about like a specialist, like you said. It's not to take credit away from 
the health professionals, healthcare professionals, but if you have an injury that's very minor, that's very manageable in the beginning, you might just go to physical therapy. But if you've left it so long, you might ultimately only have no, have no choice but to have surgery. Now, physical therapy at the time might sound like it's expensive or it might sound not necessary, right? Assuming you'd gone to get looked at earlier. But then if you only have surgery as your choice, I tell you, that's a lot more expensive than, yeah. than physical therapy. But it's all about... The priorities so you know as soon as someone says oh this feels fine we can push through it there i'm just I, I always use the example of you're not competing at the olympics you're not getting gold medal and it's not to say you can't have an infinite it's not to say you can't have an infinite potential mm-hmm. but it's not worth you pushing through a pushing pattern if your shoulder doesn't feel good yeah. let's wake a week later you know i actually have a client right now who has a like early onset arthritis in his shoulder so we you know, there's patterns I think that should be okay. And then sometimes they feel good. And when we, they don't, I'm like, all right, like today we were doing a mixed uh, rack row pattern. So you're rowing the cable and you hold the kettlebell rack in one hand. And I, I, in my head, I think, oh, this is, helps with posture. This should help with shoulder. Today, it just wasn't feeling good. And I just use logic. And like, all right, so you change from the rack to suitcase grip. And that felt a lot better. But it's not yeah. right or wrong. Like two weeks ago, it felt fine. Yeah. So I guess going back to what we're saying, just like make the adjustments and communicate that to our clients that, hey, no biggie. I'm still going to work your core. I'm still going to test your central nervous system to work effectively with low stress play, uh, being placed on the body in different ways. Just let's talk through it. There's no, you know, when we talk about no one blueprint being for everyone. Um, again, I just, just think you listen to your body just pretty goes a long way in, in so many, so many different realms. Yeah. I, I heard um, I have done that before and recently i just did that with another client of mine and it's just it is important to just address that you know because i made the same point that if we were going to compete in something then that's a different conversation but if you're not going to compete for and the competition is just a short it's a finite period of time right so people are saying oh why competition it's like well you're you have a goal and it's only for this set period of time and then you have to address or the athlete has to address what they want to give for the sake of you know winning um but for everybody else it's like if, if you're not competing at that level for a short period of time for that goal for whatever purpose that you feel you need to do because people sacrifice a lot for you know, these medals and stuff like that, they'll sacrifice family time, they'll sacrifice friends, they'll sacrifice birthdays, holidays, everything. Yeah. Right. And at the end of the day, if they're willing to sacrifice and push through an injury, just for the sake of winning, then that's on them. Mm-hmm. But you got to be able to let them know. But there's consequences not, of that, right? There's, 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 there's always Yeah, there's always and probabilities, right? There's mm-hmm. a probability that this might happen versus a probability that it won't, um, depending on like the sport or whatever you're doing. And then, you know, that always changes um i want to jump in on that real quick i know people listening think i probably have every opportunity of lincoln hockey this podcast when it's not a hockey podcast but when they ramped up the final game last week whatever the team that won they listed their injuries right but these are guys who are injured that either missed part of a game but never missed a game they they well some of them missed the games but anyway all but one of them didn't miss a game, right? And one guy had fractured ribs. One guy had a torn ACL. Two guys had broken hands. One guy had a fractured fibula, got a metal plate put in to be able to play like a week later. Like, the, I'm not saying these are good examples, but what I'm saying is 
going back to what you just said, they have these guys, they only have a finite number of years to really make their money. Mm -hmm. If they, what's the difference of them waiting another week before surgery where, excuse me, if they wait two more weeks for the surgery, right? I mean, they have to recover. It's going to take them four months to recover. What's the difference between doing it tomorrow and doing it two weeks time where they can still play two or three more games? I mean, it's already broken. Versus, yeah, yeah. Versus those, a client that has a wrist ache and they want to do like their push-ups are part of the plan or renegade rows, and they're you know saying no, I can push through it, but my wrist. I'm just telling you, my wrist kind of hurt. They're feeling off. It's like I'm not going to risk that. There's no one thinks any differently of you. Yeah, yeah, right. Who, what are you trying? It's like no, no, I got to push through. I got to like for what? You just gotta yeah. And the funny other thing as well is I've had this where someone says to me, oh, I want to try this. And it's a pattern where they can't, there's a pattern they can't do or pattern that doesn't feel good for their body as a baseline to the movement. And they say, oh, let's do this, can we try this? And I'm, I'm, I'm for it, but we've spoken about how that baseline pattern doesn't feel good. So I, we're not gonna, we're not gonna take that pattern that doesn't feel good for us, layer it with more complex elements to it and then try that. It, it just, I, I've had those scenarios too. And, and, there and any trainer listen to this if you do find yourself in that instance what i would do is work with a client it, you can work with a client i'm not saying do this every time but some clients if, if someone is going to push for doing something be open be transparent with them like okay if you want to work towards that let's revisit that baseline pattern so what i'm talking about let's say if you're doing a very difficult kind of push-up whether it's on a swiss ball whether your feet on a swiss ball whether your feet are on a band or whatever it is but if the push-up itself is painful, we're not going to layer an unstable point of contact for your feet or for your hands because the push-up alone itself is too much. So sometimes I'll revisit out of clients. Again, anyone listening to who does have those scenarios, walk with the client. Okay, you want to try this? And as soon as the client may realize, oh, this is too painful, they'll just not accept that they can't do the movement, but realize that they, we can still find another way of doing something similar. But that specific look of the movement, at least for this time being, just isn't the, the smartest option. It's just not right now until you need to heal or whatever it is you've had done or injury-wise, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I'm with it too. But yeah. Um, I wanted to touch on one last thing before we kind of like wrap up. We're trying to keep this episode a little bit short. Um, I wanted to touch on running because it, has some application here a lot of people are going out there trying to run and um getting uh, or feeling the ramifications of trying to run having having either no foundation or not done it in a long time one of the things that i've started to do is i started to take these walks in order to help build that foundation whenever it's like going from the winter time into the summertime, I try to like walk a little bit more, especially if I haven't been running as much. I hate running in the cold. Um, so it's just uncomfortable. And it helps me to just layer that foundation of just getting in those walks to build that aerobic foundation, but then also to let my body understand that this is something that we're going to have to start lay, uh, figuring out. So um, a lot of people just go from not doing anything, being a couch potato to just like sprinting. Like, oh yeah, I used to do this in college. I'll just go and do my sprints. It's like- Five years ago, 10 years ago, I can go do it again right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
right? Um, and unfortunately, the body doesn't respond well to that. It responds well to progression over time, um, but not just like shooting for the gold every time. So started doing that, started doing more walking, trying to get um, building that aerobic foundation and the, even the muscles start to respond well to that too. So doing that helps. And then also just starting to work in some inclines that has helped me in the past too. So when I go for like my walks or my runs, I'm trying to diversify it. At first I start in a straight path. So I'm more on Riverside cause that's pretty uh, flat. And then I do some hill runs either in central park or I start doing some stairs or some, something with elevation um, Morningside has like some really good stairs for that. Um, like a thousand stairs actually. Uh, exactly. but that's, no, 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 no. Oh. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should say it. And then it'll be on the podcast and be like, what, really, you know, Morningside park has, <laughs> I heard on this podcast, <laughs> Morningside park has a thousand stuff. <laughs> um, it was built centuries ago. No, let me stop. Uh, so yeah, so doing some hills, doing some incline work that helps. And then also just remembering to recover because one of the things that and then obviously you know six year training program but recovery is a huge part of it too i think that sometimes people get a little bit ambitious these are just like rookie mistakes just either a going into it and just like trying to go you know as hard as you can for as long as you can um or b you find people who are just like i'm just gonna hit it hit up that frequency like just go from nothing and just like seven days a week and not allowing their body time to recover and trying to make up for lost time, I think psychologically is where people come from with that. Um, but understanding that frequency is something that you need to work into as well, right? You could just can't, oh, you can't overshoot intensity, you can't overshoot frequency, those two things, those two variables you have to implement and you have to respect them, because if not, the body will give out. So it kind of speaks to the other point that we spoke about, about listening to your body. But also just in running, cause I've seen a lot of runners, a lot of my clients are starting to run again and they've been having some difficulty getting back into it. So, uh, respect the intensity, respect the frequency, um, start with something flat first, incorporate, um, hills or incorporate some sort of elevation and then stick with your program. It should be good to go. I agree with all the above. It makes me think of something that uh, Craig Tweet, I want to say, spoke to me about when he completed his marathon. And this goes going with your saying about just, you know, smart, progressively, like uh, progressively increasing the difficulties or variables and like length of time running, all that sort of stuff. But Craig spoke about strength training, especially lower body, but just, just, strength training in general helped him recover he said his recovery day before he was strength training when he did long runs would take obviously at least one day but sometimes two maybe three days mm. right just based on remember conversation we had but when he did the marathon he said he was sore for the first day and that was it he felt the strength training helped him have a stronger recovery so for those that say they only want to do one or the other the proof is in the body that you're you're going to do better by complementing each other each one of them each other so that was just something I also always think of when you talk about running, you know, that it, it's, yeah. it's worth doing both of them. It's surprising though, because I mean, from my perspective, I like resistance training is my baby. Like that, that's what I first was introduced to, um, like calisthenics and then, you know, just body weight training, then resistance training, then cardio through running. Um, so I kind of favor that, but it's interesting to learn how many people overlook that even triathletes overlook resistance training 
And part of it stems from the fact that when you're training for these long endurance sports, there's so much time that you have to dedicate just strictly to that task. So running, um, you kind of just don't want to do the other stuff because it's going to take more time and then it's going to take more energy, but it's so worth doing because it, it just not only with recovery to Craig's point, I think that Craig is correct. It will help with recovery, but then just prevention of injuries as well. You know, just my cause event. Yeah. yeah, tendons, ligaments, those things will respond well to resistance training and um, you just have to give it time. Agree. No, completely agree. All right. So we'll wrap it up here. We'll call it here. Sounds cool. good. Um, and then we'll catch you guys in the next one. And David will be joining us for the next All one. All three of us are the first time in like a month, I think. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's something. Yeah. yeah. No, it'll be good. Band back right. together. Later, guys. All right, guys. Take it easy.